ladies and gentlemen, to the Film Club Podcast, where every week, me, my lovely girlfriend, my wonderful girlfriend, who is totally not mad at me for something unrelated, talk about movies. And this week, we're talking about something rather interesting. Boo, what are we talking about this week? Well, I think you should tell everybody what we're talking about this week, because this isn't my pick. This is actually your pick, and we're rounding out the month of February with this pick. Oh, that's right. Yes, this week we're going to be watching 500 Days of Summer, a film that you showed me for the first time? I did. Yeah. Not too long ago, I believe. No, no, this was... Probably last year? I think so. Or... Uh, did we did we watch it in Valentine's Day last year? I don't know if we watched it last year or we watched it before the apocalypse happened, because I think life was still normal when we watched this. It was. Because yeah, it's, the apocalypse it, didn't happen. Yeah, it's going to yeah. relate to a story we'll tell you later in the episode, but yes, we watched this pre-apocalypse. It was It was nice. It was nice before the before the apocalypse. And I'm surprised that you actually picked this for your last pick of February. Well, yeah, you know, like, you know, it's February, you know, romance, love, affection, yeah. you know, you got to talk about Dracula and James Dean, and I was like, oh, Harold and Maude and 500 Days of Summer, because those are, you know, romance-y kind of films. Yeah. And, you know, also 500 Days of Summer, um, I saw a video recently that tried to make the argument that it was the greatest romantic comedy of all time, and I wanted to double-check that, and uh, I got some questions. I don't think it is. It's I love the movie. It's very enjoyable to watch. But what but, is but, the greatest? But it's not also... I'll answer that in a minute. But also, is it really a romantic romantic comedy, or...? I, I would say so. Well, that's actually a good question. How would you categorize this? Because I would say this sits firmly in that rom-com kind of category right for me it would be like rom-com dramedy i mean yeah but i mean isn't isn't all aren't all rom-coms dramedies to an extent because oh it's the drama of the romance and turbulence and the comedy of you know the whatever situations or the whatever blocks the the lovers from ending up together and then we have to you know hit that mountain head on and climb over it to get to the happy ending on the other side yeah but isn't that but yeah. but yeah, rom-coms and dramedies, they're kind of in that same ballpark. I guess dramedy is a more, like, giant term in rom-com is, like, a little bit underneath that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I, I would say this is definitely a rom-com. But on that note, what do you think is the best of all time? Greatest, what is the goat of rom-coms? The goat of rom-coms? Oh, man. It's really hard to pick one because I really enjoy the genre. Well, obviously, it's Batman. Uh, specifically... Was it Kiss by a Rose by Seal, the theme of the Batman movie, and that is the best rom-com? Is that your pick, or is that my pick? I think that's your pick, because you love that song. Oh, okay, because I thought this was your pick, and I totally thought you were going to go Batman, George Clooney, and Chris... Uh, Chris O'Donnell Chris from O'Donnell. Batman and... Was it Batman and Robin, or Batman Forever? Batman and Robin. Well, I mean, it is one of the greatest romances of our time, but whatever. <laughs> and that's the one of the first times we got the nipples on the bat suits. Was it? Yeah. That's weird. It was. Why is that on the bat suit? I don't know. Did did Bruce Wayne pay extra for the extra rubber or or did you think that just he mul- I'm getting way too obsessive about this. So yeah, but what is your th- opinion on the greatest of rom-coms? I don't know cuz my favorite rom-com span from the 50s to now, so it's really hard to pick the top one. Well, yeah, I mean 
but you would say 500 Days of Summer not even in the conversation, like, at all? Um, it's in the list, but I wouldn't give it, you know, the crown of the greatest rom-com of all time. All right. Well, maybe, should... maybe if I, you know, gun to my head, you gotta pick one, I would probably pick uh, It Happened One Night with Clark Gable. Oh, uh, the, the original rom the yes. first rom-com, yeah. And then I can't remember the actress in the movie. I'm so sorry. I love your work. I just can't think of her name. Don't worry. It'll come up. But I don't know. I guess I should probably articulate the argument that I heard about. Because this isn't my thought process going into the movie. I heard this and I was like, kind of wanted to confirm it. Well, before we get into that argument, Mm -hmm. what's your top rom-com? Mine? Yeah. Well, Harold and Maude is a masterpiece. What do you mean? Yeah, I guess that could be considered a, a rom-com, yeah. It's so good. It's a black comedy. There's romance. There's love. There's hate. It's it's beautiful. Well, I don't while know. you're making that ar- argument, I'm going to look up. It happened one night. So I no get problem. That. So go ahead. So yeah, well, the argument I heard was that because 500 Days of Summer basically utilized all the trappings of like the romantic comedy genre, the meet-cute stuff, yeah. the, oh, he's this artistic inclined person she's this flighty summer child blah 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 and it was how the film used every single trope of the romantic comedy and dialed it up to 11 but honed it into a very like just good story yeah it's one of those things where it just pulled all the tropes together and made it work not a lot of like there's some romantic comedies that just forget some of the tropes but i think it's because this one was the most razor's edge romantic comedy you could get before the genre basically died yeah and we also get um not only the rom-com we also get a little bit of a documentary kind of feel in the movie a little bit so this movie really has a lot going for it yeah so it's not your standard rom-com where it's just you know boy meets girl uh, they fall in love, drama, and a happy ending. It's, you know, boy meets girl, there's drama, there's happiness, there's a documentary right in the middle of it. It's yeah. it's very artistic, art house. Yeah, this is very much one of those, like, Sundance movies where somebody got a lot of money to make a really simple kind of story. It is told out of sequence, I believe. Yeah. Which is really interesting. That's something that art house directors really like doing. Hashtag Tarantino. Yeah, and you also have to pay attention to what's going on in the film. Mm -hmm. If you, you know, you're not paying attention to a day or a sequence, then you're kind of like, wait, what's going on? You go out, you go to the bathroom, take a leak, come back, and the movie's like all over the place now? Pretty much, yeah. So yeah, also I see you figured out who the actress was. I did, for It Happened One Night, Claudette Colbert. So I apologize, I really enjoy that movie, and we're going to do that, you know, sometime in the future for the podcast. I'd like to, I, I like that movie. It's a really good movie, it, you know, it was very ahead of its time for Hollywood, because a lot of things in the movie were kind of like, oh, you can't really show that on the screen, but they kind of pushed it to the next level. Oh yeah. But great movie. So, back to 500 Days. Back to 500 Days of Summer. So Boo, where do you want to start with this one? So, we know you saw this movie because I showed it to you. Yes, you, yes, yes we do. So, I, I'm still kind of genuinely surprised that you chose it. Cause, Why? Because I know you were so mad at the end of the movie. Oh, I thought the end of the movie was garbage. You were furious. Fuck Summer. Oh my god, <laughs> Zoe Deschanel is a bitch. Well, no, no, no. Okay, Summer, Summer is, is a, a bitch, bitch. But Zoe Deschanel, she's fine. Yeah, yeah. 
Granted, Tom wasn't much better. He was he was kind of yeah. a, kind of a, kind of an asshole. But I, I can't. I don't even know if he was an asshole. He was more just like. It might just be my predisposition to not like hipsters. That might be it. But was Tom a hipster? I mean, for 2000-whatever when this movie came out. 2009? Yeah, that guy's a hipster. Come on. You see them? You see those vests? That guy's a hipster. You think everybody is a hipster. If you, wear, you, if you wear a vest, yes. And you didn't even know what hipster was until I explained it to you, so prior to that, you were calling everybody a beatnik. Hey. Hey. Dis- disregard my aged look at the... D- Quiet you. I'm older than you. Quiet you. But yeah, a bunch of beatniks. So yeah, oh. Tom is just kind of. I don't. Uh, it's very interesting because you get behind them. Tom is you know has that art artsy kind of stuff. He's an architect. It's in L. A. You know we like L. A. We love L. A. You know. Oh, I love L. A. So we love it. You know it's it's just interesting, and I think it's a really good snapshot of i guess like that mid two thousand. well i guess it's late 2000s late whatever. 2000s yeah late late 2000s kind of this was la this is one of those like these two people kind of exemplify a very particular culture in that sense and then the story that spawns from it is interesting i think it's just a very well put together movie and it's it's very enjoyable then i think the soundtrack is, is oh, pretty solid yeah. the soundtrack's solid across the board oh god there's that when they have that split screen moment, like fiction versus reality, what's the song that plays over that? Uh, let me look it up for you. But yeah, the, the soundtrack is amazing. It's kind of hard to find. If you go on Spotify, they don't actually have the soundtrack. They yeah. have like a playlist of it. Yeah, because it's um, the movie didn't release a soundtrack album. It's just the individual songs you have to kind of find. Yeah, so if you guys are bored and want to listen to the soundtrack, highly recommend it. It's on Spotify where you find this podcast. So, you know, after you finish this episode... Why not jump over and find the 500 Days of Summer soundtrack? Stop plugging people that aren't paying us money. But, yeah, we'll, we'll plug this one. It was fun. So, yeah, I, I think there's a lot of good stuff in this movie. I also like Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I think he's a good actor. Oh, yeah. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed him in, what is it, Third Rock from the Sun? This is actually That's... his third time being a Tom in cinema and TV. Why? It, it just happened Why do that you way. know that? I found it out of my research. But why? It's a miracle. They have the album. Oh my god. I'm going to save it to my playlist. Okay. I'm so excited. I've been listening just to, you know, a random playlist with the songs. So let's see. Split screen, split screen. But Uh, I, I need to know, what kind of research are you doing that that comes up? Thorough research. Yikes. Okay. So back, oh, back please, to the movie. Oh, please, mister. You know, yeah, I'll just watch a couple YouTube videos. I got it in the bag. Like, no, I sit there for hours and I do my research. I just like talking about the movie. And on that note, let's talk about the movie. So, let's talk about it. Boo, how would you describe... What do you want to start with? You want to start with the acting? You start with the story? You start with the design? What, what do you want to start with? Hey, this is your pick. You take the lead. <laughs> All right, well... Because I know with you, you've got a bone to pick with Summer, so I don't know if you want to, you know, okay. go right after her. Well, let's just talk about the, like, the baseline of all good movies is story and performance. Mm-hmm. So let's start with, you know, the story. Would you call the story basic? 
No, I wouldn't call it basic. It's very complicated. How do you mean complicated? Okay. Is is it the fact that it's told out of order? Because the story itself is just these two people meet, they seem perfect for each other, and they don't work out, and she moves on before he does, and then that's that's kind of the the movie right there. And then at the end of the movie, when he finally moves on past her. It's like, oh, there's light at the end of the tunnel. That's basically the story. No, I think it's complicated because, you know, not because it's out of sequence, but we're dealing with two people that are kind of meant to be with each other. Like on, on paper, they're meant to be with each other because they like the same bands, they're into the same kind of films, and they have the same kind of sense of humor. Okay. But yeah, but, but, there's, but right. there's like other stuff than being, oh, you like the Smiths? I like the Smiths. Oh, you like this movie? I like this movie. There's more. To, there's more to love than that. I mean, is I don't I mean, think their relationship is shallow. I mean, that's kind of you know the basis of how we started our relationship. So our relationship started because you ran into me at the train station. We caught eyes. It suddenly turned black and white. The orchestra raised up. So apparently, our uh, our relationship is shallow and baseless. So. No, our relationship is wonderful. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the, you know, you you expect at least from my vantage point, I expect them to be together because there's so many similarities. They make each other happy. Yeah. But we have the conflict of her telling him from the beginning, "I don't want to be tied down to anybody. I kind of just want to have fun." And, and his, then... and then him agreeing to it because he wants to be, you know, part of her life. And it this always gets people into trouble because you know. Yes, you want that person, but, you know, if there's really no chance of a future, it's better just to walk away. And well, he thinks there's a chance. He, he thinks he's he's going to be the one. Of course, and he doesn't, and he ends up completely heartbroken, and we see the, the stages of grief. And, you know, we, we get a new Tom at the end of the movie, which there is kind of a happy ending to this film. Oh my god, no, fuck that ending. I like the ending. I, no, okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna go why do I hate that fucking ending. Okay, you All go right. ahead and I'll just, you know, look at stuff on my phone. Yeah, stop that. So the whole thing with the ending, right? Now the ending, it's okay. The he summer, she moves on, she gets married, I believe. Yeah. And Tom is like, oh heartbroken, but then he goes and he's gonna find this new job working in the Bradbury or he's working he's finding his job at an architecture firm right yeah it's an architecture firm that is you know in set in the bradbury building so we don't well yeah it's la so it would be the bradbury building yeah yeah so so he goes there for a job interview and side it's, note we've been to the bradbury building we it's, have been to the Bra it's beautiful it, it is actually like a real really nice if somebody if you're coming to la it'd be it's just a really cool building and it's right in downtown i yeah. think you can what is Angel's Flight is down the street, I think. Yeah, it's down the street from it. Uh, with COVID right now, I'm not sure if you're able to access the building, but pre-COVID, we were just able to walk in. You're able to take pictures. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure if you could get up to you know other levels of the building. You could probably go up. It, it's it's based because the Bradbury Building is essentially an office building, yeah. but it's has this really weird design to it, and it's also been in a bunch of movies. This movie, Blade Runner, yeah. it was also featured in. Like, I would just go there if you're a movie buff. It's a pretty good place to go. That and there's a bunch of food places around there. It's in the heart of downtown LA. You, you'd enjoy it. Should we segue into kind of, you know, 
our 500 days of summer date that we went on right after this because i'm i'm not done being pissed at this ending all right so, so while he's doing that i'm gonna you know prep for that talk so the thing is is he goes in bradbury building whatever and he's like i finally got over summer and who the fuck does he meet at the reception desk boo who does he meet after summer tell me that skank's name well, she wasn't at reception. She was waiting for her own job interview. And they're speaking to each other. And he asks her, you know, hey, would you like to go for a coffee? And we get, you know, no, I'm meeting somebody. And he walks away kind of, you know, kind of deflated. And she, you know, you see her, you know, internal struggle. And she's like, you know what? I will go with you to that coffee. You and he seem goes, to be avoiding what the fuck her name is. I am getting to the point. You need to calm down. So they're talking, and he's like, oh, my name's Tom. And she goes, my name's Autumn. We get the smile and kind of the look on his face. what comes after summer? Autumn. Fuck that cutesy bullshit. That hey, is so uh, much bullshit. Hey, 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 Autumn is clearly better than summer. I have a cousin named Summer. That's mean. I'm talking about the seasons. I'm going to go with and, another thing. And is your, you know, your cousin Summer in the movie? I actually don't know. I haven't seen it, Rob. But that's besides the point. But, like, uh, look. Okay. Okay. In terms of, oh, that's so cute. Oh, ha, ha. Oh, the girl he meets after summer is Autumn. Oh, oh, how nice. No, fuck that. That's some contrived bullshit. I, I would have been happier if her name was January. At least it, that is the same level of bullshit you get with this. So, how wait, many if people you do you know that are named January? Well, if you watch the boys, the girl's name is um, Annie January. That's actually the character's name in the boys TV show and the thing. So whatever. But back to the point. But that is the same level of bullshit. I am not going to watch the boys because you won't watch WandaVision. You don't watch any of my picks. WandaVision just started. I don't get any shit. And it's really good. You love Marvel. I'll watch it eventually. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. eventually I'll watch the boys and, you know, see this January person. Yeah, yeah. But the, here's the thing. That is the same level of, wait, so when Tom, like, so if Tom and Autumn don't work out, is the next girl he's going to date named Winter, Fall? Is he going to meet a girl named Spring? Well, Autumn's part of Fall, so I you doubt know what that. You, you know what I mean. But is no, he going to meet a girl named December? I, I would believe a December more than a January. But, <laughs> but... I like the ending. It, it goes with, you know, a lot of people that are in relationships that aren't working and they're so determined to hold on to them and people tell you, get out of it, there's going to be someone, you know, better out there for you. And this just shows, okay, he's dealt with summer and now you found the next best thing, the thing that's probably going to actually work for you. The next best thing? Yes, because... the best thing. He, he wants the best thing for him. Well, he thought that summer was the best thing for him. And now you have Autumn, who probably is the one. And we have it, you know, their meet cute, you know, where she's talking about Tom's favorite place in L.A., which is uh, Angel's Knoll next to Angel's Flight, which we tried to go to, but we'll, we'll talk about that. And she says that that's her favorite place in the city, too, and that she goes there all the time. And she's telling him, you know, or he's telling her, well, I've never seen you there before. And she goes, maybe you just weren't looking for me. And it's just kind of that like, other part and that's also how, pisses me off. Why? That's how a it's lot of things so work contrived. in life. It's not. I mean, that's how a lot of relationships work, you know, where you're not looking for that person and the right person just kind of, you know, 
magically appears in your life when you least expect it. Like when all those years ago when you were at Target and you saw that jackass being pushed around inside of a Target shopping cart and Who? you were like, who's this dumbass? And then years later, it'd be like, oh my God, I will be dating that dumbass. Love you, boo. I love you too. So yeah. <sighs> Again, but that's another one of those fate. things. There you go. Hashtag fate. There you go. Mm. But that's I love you too, just... Autumn. <laughs> oh my God, I'm your Autumn? Jesus Christ, who is your summer? Don't worry about it. Oh, you But yeah, there's the, the thing is like, the ending, I think, is just so cliche because the rest of the movie i dig it's it's rather smart it's cute it's funny okay well how would you ending is just so ah. how would you have wanted it to end Hmm. do you want him to end up completely alone or is it just the name that you're you know the name the name thing first of all is just like bruh uh, writing but staff. It's, but why? It's a play off of the title. I get it. It's a play off this title. But like, oh, five hundred days of summer, and then he's gonna have how many days with autumn? Is all? I honestly, I thought that might have been a sequel bait. I mean, I would have loved that if there was a sequel with autumn. But five. It, it's like five hundred days of summer, and then seventeen days with autumn. We find out she's like a serial killer or something. Come on. Or autumn forever. They get married. Oh. And oh I mean, my who, God. who wouldn't want Fall Forever? Fall is the best season. You just you just like pumpkin spice. And leaves and cool breezes and flannel. And pumpkin spice. Pumpkin pie. Yes. I don't drink coffee. Yes, you do. No, I don't. I've seen you drink coffee. You see me drink fraps, which has a tiny bit of coffee in it. It's basically coffee. It's not. It's mostly like chocolate what? and whipped cream. Yeah, yeah. It's basically a dessert in a cup. So weird. So weird. Uh, but yeah, like, I don't know. I think 500 Days of Summer is... The ending is just, like... The the name Autumn, I think, is, like, not not good writing. I think... I disagree Tom, with you. Yeah, you can disagree. That's totally fine. It's just the it's just the thing where I think there's so many little things where, oh, yeah, he leaves this person who he thought was the best person for him, and then he basically just meets exactly summer again and we're expecting a different result because let's be honest we have no idea what autumn who autumn is at all other than she's basically summer again autumn is whoever we perceive her to be in our mind yeah you you could you know you could be from the vantage point of she's gonna be another summer and i could be from the vantage point of this is his forever yes oh my god this i could be that's totally gonna be summer and you're like no no that is Jack, never let go. Never let go. It's gonna be. It's. It's just gonna be a whole thing. It always leads back to Titanic with you, doesn't it? Let's be honest. Titanic might be one of the greatest melodrama romances of all time. It's like the, you, it's the number one chick flick of all time. It is. It is. Look, and your favorite I, movie. It is not my favorite movie, but I do. I enjoy Titanic. Like I. I. I don't care who care. I don't care who knows. Titanic's a good movie. I'm waiting for us to do that episode. That's gonna be a long episode. Yeah, it ain't gonna be as long as that movie. That movie's long as yeah. sin. Oy vey. But yeah. But so, so, how would you want the movie to end? Well, okay. Uh, he couldn't end up with Summer. That's out the door. Yeah. Like that's just mm, contrived. Him going up and honestly, if she shot him down and he walked away 
and he was, and he just said, you know, and we just got the feeling that, you know what? He's going to be okay. Maybe he shot, he took his shot. Mm -hmm. He missed with that one, but you know what? Tom's going to be okay. And we saw him take the shot. He, we saw him take the shot. Mm -hmm. The thing is he takes the shot and he lands and then he lands on him. And it's like, I don't know. It just feels like he's going back into another cycle. No, another I, cycle of a relationship that might not work out. I feel honestly, it might just be my thing where I I enjoy like a more bittersweet kind of ending in these situations where he takes a shot, he doesn't get the girl, but you know what? He's trying. He's back out there, and he's like he's a new person. Yeah. Where it's a thing where he's not he doesn't need a relationship because that's the whole crux of the beginning of the movie where, oh Tom, he always thought he'd find happiness if he could find the one, but yeah. maybe that's the thing. The he shouldn't he should be able to be happy with himself yeah and that's how he can be happy with another person i think after summer you know he's depressed and all this other stuff and then he shoots his shot on the next person and i don't think he's developed enough to be happy with himself he's just looking for another person to be happy with like he's still trying to find fulfillment in another person no, i don't know it, it's, I don't it's a see whole it that way again it's a whole thing where it's just a different perspective because the movie has a lot of like ways you can view it yeah, and for me, I feel like he's gone through the stages of grief because we see him where he can't get out of bed. We see him, you know, on the bus where he's, you know, yelling at people and he's singing and he's just a complete mess. And we see him, you know, progress to getting back into architecture and quitting the card shop and finally, you know, applying for jobs. and The card shop? Well, yeah, he, he writes greeting cards. That's right. Oh, God, I couldn't. For some reason, I was like... Magic cards? Yeah. No, no, not not that. I was trying to think, wait, he's not actually an architect. He has another job, and I couldn't remember for the yeah, life of me. In the, in the film, he, so minute. he writes uh, greeting cards. So is that the same thing with her? Did did her steal this and have Walking Phoenix writing greeting cards because of 500 Days of Summer? I haven't seen that movie. You haven't seen her? No, I haven't. Oh, it's a romance, it's a romance film about, a, about walk, weird Walking Phoenix in the future falling in love with his cell phone who is also scarlett johansson yeah no i haven't seen it yet that movie is great by the way we should watch that that movie is is a banger but this movie came out before that yeah yeah years before that yeah so we we see him go through the stages and at the end we finally get a new tom and i i know there's a lot of you know speculation about when him and summer meet at the end of the movie if that really happened because some people are thinking that's kind of him before his job interview kind of coming to terms with this not working out, this was somewhere that he took her, that he felt was a special place, and this was kind of him letting go of everything that he was holding on to and kind of moving along. And that's when we meet Autumn, you know, in the next scene. So, it, it can be perceived, you know? Uh, yeah, that. which is a thing. Yeah, it can be perceived in a lot of ways. It, it's one of those things where the movie's not super... It's not super complex. It's, it's really not, but then there's another thing where there's a good filmmaker working on it. So even the, the simple stuff seems like there's a lot of complexity to it. And it's another thing where it's perspective. You and me have just just different perspectives on how the movie ends or wraps itself up. Like where is Tom at the end? Where is summer at the end? Where is autumn and all this other stuff. And it was directed by Mark Webb. So I haven't seen too much of his work. So I'm not not really sure if a lot of his films are like this or if he kind of just, you know, said let's try this idea and run with it hmm. which i think he did a, a very good job in this movie oh yeah i think it's a very good film because i mean let alone with the documentary scene in the film 
they used that for the test audiences, and the studio didn't want to keep it in the film. And audiences just, you know, reacted really well to it. The, the studio's kind of like, you know what? They like it. Never mind. We're going to keep it. And Which I think is the movie rare needs as it. hell. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. And uh, so there's the story stuff. Let's talk a little bit about. Okay. I kind of want to talk about the performances because that's like the two main functions that I like to talk about in film is story and performance. Okay. Um, but did you want to give people the rundown of the 500 Days of Summer date we had? Because you really liked that date i did but we could push that towards the end so we could talk more about performances. who doesn't want to doesn't want to talk about me gorging myself on downtown la food Ugh. i mean it, it was really good food so it was delicious we'll name drop the name of that restaurant at the end of the uh the end of the episode Oh, you but... actually remember that restaurant oh yeah oh sick you gotta name drop that so i can go get some food after this so um the performances we have joseph gordon levitt playing tom who's he's our lead and Next to him, we have Zoe de Chanel playing Summer, who's the female lead in the in the film. And then there's a huge the, supporting cast. Yeah, we have Mackenzie, who's played by uh, Geoffrey Arend, Rachel, who plays Tom's younger sister, Chloe Grace Martets, also known as Hit Girl from Kickass. Yeah, and we also have Paul, who's you know played by your boy. Uh, Matt. Oh, Matthew Greg Gubler. Okay, yeah. Who's like the, uh, he's the guy from Criminal Minds, right? Yeah. Who is, for some reason, women love Matthew Gray Grubler. I mean, he's an attractive guy. I guess, but I'm just saying, there's some weird, oh, weird no. internet people out there who fawn over that guy. Yeah, he has a really big following. I mean, he's good in the show, he's good in the movie, but I'm not part of that, you know. Like, not, oh not, into, not into really skinny white dudes with curly hair? You're into really fat white dudes with uh, curly hair. Yeah. You're not fat and your hair's not curly. Eh, you know. Eh, I'm, not, I'm not thin. My hair's kind of wavy. It's nice. It's nice hair. But yeah, back to the point. So, no, but I was more... I'm still, you know, a Joseph Gordon-Levitt fan. Yeah, yeah. So... No, well, yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I think he does a fine job in the film. I think he's a really good actor. He is. Um, across the board. I don't think I've ever seen bad performance from him mm -mm. i don't think so um zoe de chanel i think this was the okay it's hard to say oh this is the part they were born to play but i feel this isn't the part she was born to play this is the only part she's played i feel That's like not true. i don't i don't well i think it might just be the things the things i've seen her in yeah. she I mean, doesn't have a huge range as an actress but she's i mean you've seen in her in elf right yeah so she's been an elf well, what? no, she's been in a lot of stuff, but... Yeah, New Girl. Okay, so let's be honest. She's just playing Summer and New Girl. No. 100%. No, no, no. Her and... Summer and... Uh, I can't think of her character name. And Summer Girl. and other Zoe de Chanel. No, they're different characters. I don't know. And she's looking for, you know, the love of her life and New Girl, and Summer's just kind yeah. of like, I want to have a good time, and, you know, when Fate decides, I'm going to find that person. And that's Plus, basically she... what she does in this movie. But does she, like, stretch as an actor? You're not going to see her, like, stretch as an actress and be like, oh, you know how, like, Charlize Theron put on, like, 50 pounds to play um, that, like, serial killer in yeah. Monster? You ain't going to see Zoe Deschanel do that. We you... don't know that. Her career's still going. She might. But at this point, also, 
I don't know if anybody can hear that, but my mom yelled seriously through the wall when she heard that line of bullshit, okay? Yeah, like, let's she be wasn't honest. saying seriously to that. Let's, But yeah, let's be honest. Like, don't get me wrong. Zoe Deschanel, fine actress. I think she's, you know, serviceable in the film. I think she's good. But, like, I don't think she's um an amazing actress. Granted, I don't even think um, Joseph DeGordon-Levitt is, a, is, you know, a, he's not Brando. Neither of these people are gonna be are Brando, all right. Nobody's Brando except for Brando. You know what I mean? They're not like they're not amazing, like captivate you into the performance. You can watch them read the phone book, but they're very good in the film. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt, great actor, perfect for the role. I think Zoe Deschanel, amazing for the role. Absolutely like a pitch perfect casting decision. But in everything else I've seen them in, they ain't Brando. Alright, like, Zoe Deschanel, I don't even think she's an amazing actress. She's a pretty good actress. And in this, I think they do a great job. That's all I'm trying to say. I mean, you just have a lot of salt towards Summer. So I think that's Fuck really, that bitch. I think you're, it's really clouding your opinion on things because you're just so bitch. salty on things. A little bit. Well, granted, it's the, it's the other thing where... <sighs> Sometimes people transpose, you know, thoughts of a character onto an actor, which is, you know, totally not okay. But it's just one of those things where everything I've seen of Zoe Deschanel and then of watching this movie, I'm like, I don't know how much she's acting in this movie. She might just be kind of rolling with it. Which, you know. Or is she doing that good of a job that you think she's just rolling with I it? I don't think she's that good. But that's besides the point. But I like the performances. I think Joseph Gordon-Levitt does a really good job of playing the range of emotion that Tom goes through. The joy, the sadness, the depression, all that stuff. And I think Zoe Deschanel works really well. I think she's the perfect example of that cute, like first love kind of kind of deal. Who's not really looking for love and you know breaks the guy's heart. I think I think she's really good in that role. You know your your thoughts your thoughts here. Yeah, I mean I I both love their uh, their performances in this film. I love seeing them together. I thought they played well together. Like when they go to IKEA. And they're just, you know, running around and they're making things up, you know. Oh, honey, the, the TV isn't working, you know. Oh, well, let's go to the kitchen. I'm hungry. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, the, the family s- saw was about to watch them get down and dirty in the Ikea furniture. Well, that was in the bedroom scene. When when they go into the bedroom set and, you know, he goes, you know, honey, there's an Asian family in our bathroom. And it's just, you know, it, it's those small humorous moments that you have when you're, you know, freshly dating somebody and there's, you know, inside jokes and it's fun so, yeah, you know, I, I thought they did did a really good job portraying, you know, people that seem like they're dating, but not really dating. Well, it, I think they did a good good show of that, the honeymoon phase, right? Yeah. Because I think that's the, the course of the of the film, you know, where I don't, I don't even think 500 days is a, is a mistake, Right, like, because, okay. A mistake, how? Well, okay, because I think five, no, the term, like, oh, 500 days of summer, 500 days, I, d- I think that's very intentional, because what's what's 500 days? That's, um like, year and a half, something like that? Yeah, it's the, the span of... Of their relationship, that's of, literally, like, their... Of their... her being in his life. It's yeah. 500 days, so, you know, we, and... we jump around with the days, so when Tom goes to the apartment... That, that's not even what I'm getting at. What I'm getting at is I think the way 500 Days works is he that's the appropriate span of somebody's, like, a relationship, a real adult 
functioning relationship yeah. and have it falling apart. And I think it works really well because that means they were together for like a year, maybe something like that, a year more, a year plus. And you see them go through their honeymoon phase. You see them go through the normal everyday going through the motion phase. Then you see kind of the downfall and you see kind of them breaking up and then you see all the aftermath of it and her moving on. And I think that that 500 days, that time span, that frame we're working with is like a very good intentional decision by the director. Because this movie could have also just been called 300 Days of Summer, but I don't think the timeline would have worked. It could have been called 1,000 Days of Summer. It could have just been called Summer, but I think the 500 Days thing is makes sense for the story and the film. And the performances work for it. That's all I was trying to get at. Okay. I went down a rabbit hole because I did a line of coke before this, but it's fine. Your turn. All right. Yeah, what did you want to go on? No, I, I was just going to say, you know, the sequence where we were talking about earlier with expectation and reality, mm -hmm. that's supposed to take stage at the six-month period in the relationship. Really? Or six months, sorry, six months after they break up. I'm doing air quotes because they weren't technically together. Tom yeah. thought they were together. She thought, you know, hey, we're just, you know, kind of a casual thing. It's not a relationship. Okay, that first, that right there when she was like, oh, no, this is casual. I'm like, honey, honey, you guys were, were about to bang in Ikea. S to some people, that's casual. What? <laughs> there, there's a lot of people that are out there. It's like, hey, I'm not going to get tied down. You know, it's like... Granted, we moved in together. We have, like, two kids. We play out in Ikea. But I'm not tied down. I'm they not didn't, tied they down. They didn't move in together. Oh. Did they not move in together? No. I thought that was a scene. Eh, I don't know. It's... No. The, the scene that... Or the scenes that we see is Summer, you know, finally lets Tom into her apartment. And that's when... That's what That's it when is. we have the narration of, you know, Summer doesn't really let people into her life because her parents got divorced. So he kind of feels like... I'm special. I'm the first one. Yeah, yeah, you can stare at me all you want. But, yeah, so he thinks it's a, a huge deal, and it's more, you know, she tells him, you know, you're my best friend, and he's still kind of like, you know, your best friend that still has a chance, and it's like, no, just my best friend. So we get the, you know, that sequence later on. Also, what friend zone exists out there where it's like, you're, you know what, we're, we're just friends, but, um... Like, I got this champagne and these candles. Like, we, I don't want to go have them go to waste. Like, what friend zone is that? I mean, when do we see champagne and candles in the movie? It's implied. The only time we see it is at the wedding in the movie. Not Summers. One of their co-workers when they go to, I think it's San Pedro? I think that's where they shot the wedding in the film. San Pedro? Yeah, yeah, San Pedro. Yeah, so they go to that wedding and they dance and have a good time. And Tom thinks, you know... This, this is, is the one. This is after their their breakup, that you know. Oh, hey, we're getting back on track, and that's when she invites him over for the expectation reality party, and that's when he finds out that she's been engaged. So she's gotten engaged six months after their technical breakup. That's an insane turnaround, by the way. Yeah. Like this movie is, you really have to pay attention to it because it's just you skip a day and it's like. Wait, weren't they just together or arguing or what was going on? Oh yeah, and th that's an, also that's that's crazy. Like, oh, I broke up with this person I was dating. Or okay, not dating, but yeah. was too intimate with for like a year. Yeah. And then like six months later, it's like, oh, I found somebody, fell in love. You know, we're getting engaged. I'm gonna get married. I'm like, that's an insane turnaround. It is. Granted, and I really probably shouldn't 
be saying that I personally know people in my family who got married in less time than six months. It happens. There, yeah. There's just some people they know right off the bat and they run with it. And she explains it to him in the beginning of the movie. Or, the, sorry, at the ending of the movie when they're sitting at um, Angel's Knoll. And he, he's asking her about, you know, how's married life going? And she kind of explains to him, you know, it, it wasn't you. There was nothing wrong with you. It's just she walked into, I think, a sandwich shop or a coffee shop. And he was sitting at a table reading a book she liked. And she, just looking at him, she knew that he was the one for her. Just like Tom saw her for the first time. And he thought that she was the one for him. And just like you saw that poor boy in the Target shopping cart, and you knew that was the one for you. Definitely not in the Target shopping cart. No, I was just like, okay, let me get around this weirdo and get out of here. Yeah, yeah, love you too. It wouldn't be until years later I met you <laughs> officially. I was like, exactly. Okay. So yeah, there's a little, there's a little sneak peek of of our relationship. So yeah. So, it all started at Target. It all starts at Target. Actually, comical. Because I'm sure we've probably been there at some point at the same time. Well, yeah, but I don't even think I was I was conscious yet. No, you um, were probably like, magic cards, comic books. It's so Ew, cool. Ew, girls. Ooh, I was like five. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, that was good. So, there you go. Um, Is there anything you want to jump in with? Because I know you did, what did you say, thousands of hours of research... I said I meditated on top of the mountain, you know, with IMDb trivia open to memorize all this stuff. So I'm sure you got some trivia you want to throw out. I just said I did thorough research. I didn't sit on no mountain. Thorough. Thorough research. Thorough. 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 Can't wait to do the Big Lebowski. All, all right. right. So one of the things I found in my research is, did you notice that there's really no usage of the color red in the movie? Uh, actually, yeah. That okay. Now that you mention it, that is kind of like a weird thing. So they use blue not only to complement Zoe Deschanel's eyes, but they use it to show that there's really no romantic agenda between her and Tom. So we go to Summer's apartment, and our apartment, uh, the wallpaper is blue. Uh, some of the colors they wear. So they're trying to show there that, is no passion. Yeah, there's no passion. But there is one instance of the movie that we do get I the color I swear to red. God, if it's on Autumn, we'll punch, punch her in the mouth. Guys, call the cops because I think he's going to punch me in the mouth. <laughs> I swear to God. Not you, Autumn. Autumn is wearing a red blouse. Why? To show that the passion, the love uh, is there. So we don't Jesus. get it with Summer. You know, it, it's there in a color palette. We don't get it from her at all. But we do get it in Autumn. <sighs> And I knew that was going to wreck you, so I, it feels good, man. It feels good. All right, I'm done. Um, I'm going to go get something to eat. Maybe have a drink. Okay. Get over well, this. while he's doing that, the film is set between 2006 and 2007. So it came out 2009 in uh, August. So it does feel like back then it felt you know very appropriate to the time. It, I mean, even if you go to downtown L.A. right now, it still looks exactly the same as the movie. Yeah, Grand Downtown LA doesn't change that much. Doesn't change, which is nice because I love that our historical buildings are safe. Not always. There's a, a lot of fighting to keep things safe in downtown LA, but we still have a lot of great buildings. It's beautiful to go down there. Don't go down at night, though. Not at night. Don't go no. down at night, for the love of God, no. No. Je go Jesus loves you, but so do the people like to mug you. Yeah, go during the day. It's very beautiful. There's a lot of things to see. Lots of history. Uh, let's see, what else do I have in my notes? 
I know you're still pissed off about the red shirt. It annoys the shit out of me. I'm like, don't get me wrong. Masterful use of color palette. Yeah. Great use of color in the film. That still pisses me right the fuck off. That it's on some somebody named Autumn in a movie called Five Hundred Days of Summer. Oh man, I just left summer. Oh, I'll find Autumn. I I know it's a really weird nitpicky bullshit thing that I shouldn't give a shit about, but I care. All right, I fucking care, and it annoys me. And this was Mark Webb's first feature film. Really? Yeah. Hmm. So we're gonna have to look him up and see what he's done since then. I can imagine he's probably got a good career out of this because I I'm pretty sure this movie made money. Yeah. Yeah, um, I don't know if it was like a, I don't think it was a box office bomb or bomber. I don't think it was a giant hit, but I know it, it you know, it got plenty of money from its, um, the DVD sales alone, because I know everybody had us a copy of this movie. Yeah, because this came out the year I graduated high school, so I, I remember it being advertised. I remember, you know, a, a lot of us wanting to go see it, but I don't think I actually saw it until maybe like, the following year and i did buy it on dvd so I everyone think it, did so yeah so i think i fall in line with the it was a big dvd thing i mean i still have that dvd actually you have that dvd you left it at my house i'm sorry uh-huh i left it and you hid it i did not i don't even know where it is anymore but uh my last little fact that i found so when we first meet summer we kind of get like the the old film reel of her life before she moves to L.A. where we see mm-hmm. her, you know, being the perfect girl next door where, you know, she's riding her bike down the street and, you know, she works in an ice cream shop. And when she worked in the ice cream shop, the sales went up by like 300 percent because she's so pretty. But in that scene at the ice cream shop, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's actually in line to buy ice cream from her. Huh. That's neat. Yeah. So it's just, you know. They were it, destined to be together, man. No, it was just, just like, work out. it was like, hey, it'd be kind of funny, you know, if you were in this scene before you actually meet her. So. Let's be honest. They were just like, yo, we need Joey, a, we, we need, we need, another need an body extra. standing in, in the scene. He's like, I'm a thespian. All right. I need motivation. And they're just like, bruh, your motivation is a paycheck. Get the hell over there. It's like, all right. But it's funny. But yeah. So you want to talk about our 500 days date? I know you want to. It was nice. It was nice. So here's how that went. I don't even think I saw the movie yet. I think you just wanted to have a date in L.A. Or did I see the movie and then we went? You had seen the movie. So we went to go see the locations of the movie. Now, before anybody starts uh, just, you know, prescribing things here, um, we watched the movie. I was like, oh, that was really nice. It was good. And you were like, oh, yeah. Oh, we should go to L.A. And I thought we were just going to go have a nice dinner, maybe walk around L.A. And then we was like, oh, no, check out this itinerary. Where all the parts of the movie were. And I was like, oh. There was, oh, was no itinerary. Are you sure? Yeah. You say it, you had a lot of things saved on your phone for Google Maps. I usually do. Yes. Yes. But continue. So, continue. what Dean's forgetting is we actually went for our anniversary. Yeah. Yeah. That, that sounds that was, right. That was for our anniversary. And we actually stumbled upon the restaurant that we went to. It's called Kagura. It's in Little Tokyo. Mm-hmm amazing deals amazing food i yes i believe that was one of my my picks because i was like boo let's just eat here yeah and i mean and you were like no no i want some place that has that has a name like boo let's eat here and you're like okay no i didn't say that it's just you go into little tokyo everything smells amazing yeah and it's really hard to kind of like hone down on you know well let's go to this one that one this one we went to because they had a really great deal you could get like two or three things for like under 15 dollars 
Yeah. So we got like sushi and ramen and it was it just was really all, good. It was yeah. so good. I, I can't wait to go back. I think they're finally open for outdoor dining again. So we should go back. Yeah, I'm going to go back in. We'll go after this. Oh, all right. So, so, yeah. so we went to downtown LA and we hit up a couple of spots in the movie. So we went to Angel's Flight. Yeah. Uh, we went up to Angel's Knoll that's right next to it. And it was fenced off for construction because everything's uh, under construction in Los Angeles. Yeah, so the the bench was gone, but you know we at least got to be there, got to see it. it sucked though that we didn't actually get to go onto the knoll. I mean, hopefully they don't turn it into anything, but I have a feeling it's going to be turned into a parking lot, which is <laughs> kind of a joke to this movie because <laughs> everything is turned into a parking lot in LA. Boo! What do you mean? Well, that and Tom, you know, he loves that spot. But what he complains about is in the one of his eye, you know, eye lines in the movie is a parking lot that you can see from that spot. And now they're turning that spot into a parking lot. So that's get just wrecked, Tom. Yeah. This so, is what you get. So that was kind nerd. of like an aha moment. Uh, we also went to the Bradbury building, which was it's like down the street. All, so all the locations they had in that movie, if you just walked around L.A., you hit all of them in like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. L.A.'s a very walkable city. So, yeah, yeah we didn't hit every oh, location. L.A.'s not a walkable city, but these locations were like right next to each other. Yeah, because there were some buildings that we didn't actually get to go see. Uh, like Tom's apartment. That was, uh, where was That's it? It's a set. <laughs> well, the interior, but the exterior of the building, that was the Canadian building on Main Street and. Uh, downtown LA. Really? So Tom's apartment and where he works for the card shop, that's the same building. They just shot it in a different way. In so, a different angle. Yeah. So we didn't go there. We didn't go to Summer's apartment, which is the Barclay building in Koreatown. And we've, you know, we've passed through there a bunch of times. Uh, the karaoke bar that they go to a couple times in the movie, that's the Redwood Bar and Grill. And I guess it used to be like a big place for like journalists and politicians back in the day. Mm -hmm. So... You know, way back when you would have seen, like, JFK hanging out there and Richard Nixon when he was a younger guy. So it's kind of cool to see that this bar in the movie where they get drunk and they sing karaoke. Like, actual... It's like, famous people. Yeah, like, really famous people were there. Uh, the fountain during the flash mob scene, because... I'm surprised you didn't talk about the flash mob scene. Okay, that's probably because flash mobs died out in the 2000s for a good reason. But it was a good scene. Oh, it was it was cute it was cool i was like oh yeah of course there's like a musical scene that goes on in every you know romance oh it's so nice yeah but then it's also a thing where i've become desensitized to flash mobs i can only watch so many people dancing you know randomly at the train station before i i start getting desensitized about it so i mean how many people have you seen dance the bus the move at union station and you're just like bro i just want to go to work can you stop like break dancing please i need to you know, it's it's a thing. It's a thing. You've only been to Union Station like two times, and that was not to go to work. So not well. The one in Los Angeles, I've only been to two times. I've been to Grand Central in New York once when I got lost on a field trip. Life happens. I get lost a lot yeah, in train you do. stations, which is why I have to use Google Maps for everything to ensure that we get home safely. Eh, we'll be fine. You hit the you hit the five. Get to the. 605 and takes right home actually we just get to the five you go all the way down get off get on imperial goes to you up there's a whole thing all yeah right. so if you want to see the fountain in the movie it's uh the arthur j will memorial fountain at the civic center and mall in downtown la but uh, apart from the other things that we got to see we also got to see the million dollar theater that's the theater that they go to a couple times in the movie mm -hmm. 
That one, I think, is catty corner to the Bradbury building. So Really? Yeah, we, I think we... I don't know if we went up to the, the theater or we just kind of looked at it from across the street and then went into the Bradbury. I don't... We probably saw it. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, because usually that theater is used for tours or for, like, special, like, movie events. But with COVID, you know, it's only drive-ins right now, so... To, so, all these places, people... You can't go to because of COVID. Get wrecked, nerds. But, I don't know, give it like six months. Yeah, you know, hopefully when things get better and if you really enjoy the movie or you enjoy architecture, you know, wander around downtown LA in a safe way. And with that, Boo, I don't know, I ain't got nothing else. You got anything? Or are we ready to, to tell people what we're watching next week? I don't know. I, I feel like you're still holding on to some of that hostility about summer and autumn. No, no, I'm, I'm pretty you, much. I'm good. pretty much over it. You, now I'm just hungry. You're cleansed now. I'm cleansed now. And also, so this brings us into a little, little inside baseball. So at the top of the episode, I made a comment about the boo being mad at me or something like this. And this next episode is the exact reason why. Boo, would you like to explain? Yes, we actually, you know, missed a week recording. It was my fault, and I said, you know, okay, next week we're gonna, you know, do two episodes back to back. Dean's like, got it, cool you know, brought it up again to him during this current week. And he's like, okay, cool. And then I'm like, lies. you ready? All these are lies. No, no. That's why he's trying to dig himself out of the, his hole. And, uh, you know, I ask him, Hey, you ready to record both episodes? What do you mean? Two episodes? Me, the thespian. I never record two episodes in one evening. Oh, please. No, that's so droll. Only, oh, only the small people do that, please. So, yeah. So that's why I was annoyed with the Dean, but Next week, we will be talking about The Doors, the Val Kilmer movie. It's celebrating its 30th anniversary. I'm so excited. Directed by Oliver Stone. Directed by Oliver Stone. I believe this is the only biopic about The Doors. I believe so. Uh, well, at least the only good one. It's a really good movie. Exactly. And we're going to get to talk about it next week on The Film Club. With Where a, can people find us? With a young Val Kilmer. With a young <laughs> Val Kilmer before he got fat. It happens. Same. So if you want to find us on social media, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at the Film Club Podcast. And if you want to listen to us on a different platform than you currently are right now, you can find us on Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. And Dean, do you want to plug anything before we end? Well, yeah, yeah, might as well. I'll plug my other podcast, the Double Feature Podcast and the Tube Skier for TV Podcast, which you can find on all the same sites that Miss Boo just said, Spotify, Google Podcasts, so on and so forth. But you can also find us on the YouTube channel In The Frame. I think I said that just fast enough. But Boo, I think that's it at the Film Club. We'll see you next week at the Film Club. Peace.